Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, the show that keeps hoping Judy P. will end up finding another podcast she likes a lot better than this hot mess, and we can finally end the suffering. <laughs> I am the long and more suffering Dr. Steve. Steve will leave us, and he is James, the genesis of all suffering Breakwell. And James, <laughs> how are you doing today, man? I am spectacular. We are here for another episode. That means just 25 minutes from now, we will no longer have to speak to each other for yet another week. So we are so close to freedom. So close to freedom and yet so far because this is the podcast where we talk about things that don't matter to anybody, least of all the two people sitting in front of you right now. But James, just for some giggles, what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about your burgeoning real estate empire, because as I am given to understand, you now own vast tracts of land. And I think this is people something people will care about, because your your life is a mystery to me. You make choices that perplex me on a <laughs> weekly basis, and there's just so much to dig into this time. Just, just for a bit of uh, history here, you moved yeah. into the current sprawling Steve Olivas Manor with its you know 95,000 square feet what like two weeks ago three weeks ago Roughly. something like that that's yeah, 10 minutes yeah yeah okay uh two and a half years yeah okay two and a half years so two and a half years ago you bought enough ha- a house to to house a small country and today you are abandoning that house now have you have you sold the current mansion yet the current mansion is going on the block uh the weekend after the fourth of july so two two weeks ish Will you be moved out at that time? Our hope is to delay the closing date until son goes back to school. Now, one of the things that makes our house attractive is the school district that we are in. So whoever buys the house, I'm guessing, will have children that they would like to start at our local public school. So hopefully uh, we can coincide their moving in with the beginning of the school year, which means our son will have moved out and back up to school already, if all of that made sense, the timing yes. of it. I guess I was I was really just wondering if it was still going to have the Steve Oliva stench inside of it or if it would have been cleaned and abandoned before people <laughs> came to look at it. So my, my understanding, and again, I, we can get into the reasoning, and which is all very confusing, but I guess what I... <laughs> What I want to know is, so you're going yeah. to you're going to sell the existing house and presumably need to be out of there within a month or two, but your new land, your 75,000 acres or whatever it is, it is, <laughs> it, based on the pictures I saw, it's just got some hay bales in it. So are you going yeah. to like live in a hut made of hay or like what's the game plan there? We have not come up with a game plan yet. <laughs> we have gone through several iterations of a game plan, but... It's hard to – so this is all happening because the value of our house is, in a word, vulgar right now. <laughs> so we have to get out while the getting is good. 
So if we want top dollar for our house, we have to sell it now, which plunges us into homelessness for a little while because we have land with no home. So for a while, we thought, well, we'll just rent a place for a year, wait for the price of lumber to come down and then build out on the land. And then we thought, well, prices are so high around Nashville, we're going to flush 25 grand down the toilet to rent for a year. So let's maybe throw up like a little barn on the property and just live in the barn while the house is being built kind of thing. But barns cost just as much as houses in the rest of the country around here right now. So then we thought, well, maybe we'll get a camper and live in the, pro live in the camper on the property. And currently that's the leader in the clubhouse with regard to plans, but that would also require us to live somewhere while we're camper shopping. We might do, this is a long answer to your non-question, we might do what we did when we moved into the Olivas Manor, which was live in a hotel for a month in between closing on one and closing on the other. Or we might get the camper or we might, it depends on how everything times out. What we did learn, and here is my denouement, okay. is that we can't even begin building until February because every builder we've talked to is backed up at least until February. The closest one we can get is February. So I guess my next question would be, so the, the values in your neighborhood have skyrocketed, especially since they know that you're no longer going to be in it, which definitely helps the neighborhood. <laughs> That's helping. It's ironic, but yes. yes. So <laughs> did the value of the land you're buying not also skyrocket? Didn't you buy that at an inflated price as well? Or is it someplace so undesirable that it, it, it was immune to the inflation going on around it? More B than A. Like, uh, we got way out of town for a myriad of reasons that I believe I've told you privately, but will not say publicly. <laughs> but uh, we wanted to get as far away from a major city as possible. So you are, are you no longer going to be a Nashville resident? Correct. Give me a, now, give me... my office will still be here. Okay. And we have to be careful here because I'm sure one of our six listeners will pinpoint your exact location. But, like, mileage-wise, <laughs> exactly how far out city are you going to be? Are you going to be, like, five miles outside the city, 20 miles outside the city? Uh, let's see. It will be uh, 60 miles on the freeway and then about a half hour off the freeway. Whatever Holy that cow, to. you weren't kidding. I thought I thought you were moving like just beyond the last suburb. And I was like, oh, eventually the city will catch you. You are you are way the heck out there. Uh, don't you? You have a business. You have a practice. What are you doing? Are you just abandoning your patients or are they coming with you? <laughs> no, I'm not abandoning them. I'll probably not go to the office every day. But I, so we will be in terms of time about an hour and a half from Nashville proper. Like if we wanted to go to a sporting event to be an hour and a half okay. where my office is about a half hour out of town. So I will be 56 minutes from my office. And that has been timed by both MapQuest and by real life. So it's about 56 minutes one way. I suppose that's doable for a couple times a week. And uh, we are in the era of Zoom therapy anyway, so I suppose you could do that as well. Did you check and see if you could even get internet at this this isolated patch of land? It uh, it has been in the discussion, and uh, and internet is always possible if you have enough money. Like yeah, that's uh, true. money and time will solve every problem, right? <laughs> so it just depends on how we want to allocate our resources. But uh, internet is going to be tough, but it is not undoable. Okay, so. 
Now, now walk me back to the camper here. Cause, like, campers are not a, a cheap uh, purchase either. But like you've got a few other options if you need to throw up something quick. You could always go with a trailer home or a modular home, which is a step more permanent. But you know they come prefabricated. Now, what is the logic for the the camper? Is the idea that you can resell it in a way you can't resell a modular home or a trailer, or was just that the first thing that came to mind? Like walk walk me through the walk me through the camper thing. It's uh, a shorter walk than you're going to realize okay. than you realize when you first ask the question that we were forbidden when we bought the land from the farmer to bring a trailer or a modular home. Those oh. two things were specifically outlined on the thou shalt not list if you purchase this land. So in honoring that, we didn't have those as options. But he neglected to exclude a camper, huh? Is that the loophole? Well, we haven't uh, we haven't tried to blow that one past yet, but that is definitely on the drawing board. Because frankly, you mentioned the expense. Like, if we're going to drop twenty four grand on a rental somewhere, like if we spend thirty grand on a camper and then sell it for twenty, we're only down ten. We're still plus fourteen from what we would have been. If that makes sense. I think you are going to be sorely disappointed with the price of campers. Like, unless you're going for something made in the 70s that's been around and has 100,000 miles on it, or like, 100,000 will probably be low at that point. I actually looked into campers briefly, and uh, they can cost more than a house pretty easily. Well, uh, we're not looking for a big RV, like a 40-foot yacht you drive around. We're looking for a fifth wheel, and I oh. found plenty in the $30,000 range. Okay, so I guess, yeah, you don't need to, I guess you don't need to actually move it around. What's the enforcement mechanism on this? So this, this farmer, whoever it was, like, he sold you this land. Does he hold some ongoing veto power over it? Like, what does he care? <laughs> I, no. I, I don't know what they can possibly do to us if we decide to drop a single wide onto the property. Like I'm sure the one cop in that town who's only a volunteer three days a week isn't going to show up. But I don't know. It seems like we agreed to it, and I honor my agreements. Yeah, you're exactly the same way, Breakwell. Don't bust my balls about that. I, I guess I'm just uh, I, I'm confused by the method of enforcement and why this guy even cares. Did he sell you like part of his property and he lives next door? Yeah. Okay, so he's still yeah. This is an 1,100 acre farm and uh, he's selling off. It, it's actually it's she. There's four daughters. When their father died, the daughters inherited the land. They don't want to work all 1,100 acres, so they're selling off a chunk of them in mini farm plots. So we got a 25 acre plot and the smallest. I think that they sell is like 15 acres and they go up to 55 acres each. That is impressive. So you are now a land owner and you are also almost homeless, which seems like those two things <laughs> should not be coinciding. Uh, but that, now I, I, man, I, I'm just imagining the downsizing that's going to happen. Uh, either, I mean, either you're going to part with everything you own in the world, or you're going to have like 75 storage units coming up for a year. Like, which way you think that's going to break? Uh, so we've got two storage units already rented, and uh, we're starting to fill one. My office here, it's a three-room office suite, and one of the rooms is empty. Like, my, my therapy office is one room, this is my studio, and then the middle room is sort of a storage room. We'll probably fill that up with stuff, too. So I've got like a 12 by 12 storage facility for free, just being in my office and we'll fill with stuff. But yeah, the downsize into the camper will be one step. And then we're also, we're probably gonna cut our house square footage in less than half. Like uh, we just don't need room like we 
used to need. And frankly, we didn't need the room that we have now. We just wanted to be in the school district in case uh, we had one kid still going to public high school. So when he didn't, he ended up going to prep school. So we didn't even need to be in the school district anymore, which meant we didn't need that house. And so all of that to say, we're going to have less than half the square footage and we'll be happy as clams. I, I don't know if you will ever be happy as clams. Somebody who moves as often as you do, I think there's some discontent like built into your very soul. But I'm going to save you some money here. I'm going to blow your mind and for the first time Tell ever me. actually help somebody with this podcast. So you Tell already me. you have a place where you could stay. You just said you've got an extra room at your office. Throw up like yes. a bunk bed, day bed situation. One of those that's a full bed on the bottom and a twin bed up top. Your son can sleep up top. You and Mrs. Olivas can sleep on the bottom. Throw a hot plate on a, and a microwave in that 12 by 12 room at your office, and you are good to go. And your son will be so, so happy to get back to prep school. He won't come to visit anymore. She'll need even less <laughs> space. You can eliminate a guest bedroom when the house is built. Now, did you check to see if your, uh, if your therapy office specifically excludes you from living there? Uh, I didn't check, and this is one of those, if we, now we have, <laughs> before we moved into a hotel for a month, I was on the road for two weeks, and my wife did live here while I was on, <laughs> I took my son on the road with me, and uh, my wife lived in the office here while I was on the road, and then when I came off the road, we got the hotel room. <laughs> so you have, you have actually tested this section. So it is a good idea, clearly, because you, you thought of it already. Uh, great minds yes. think alike, right? And the best part would be the bathroom there has an amazing picture of a handsome gentleman inside it. So it comes pre-decorated, and uh, I think that's uh, a definite perk there. I, I don't, I, don't uh, <laughs> I haven't really heard those words put in that order before, so I'm trying to work my way through them. But yeah, the only thing that this place is missing is like a shower. So we had a, when my, <laughs> this is too convoluted to go into, but we had a very cheap gym membership and we're able to just shower at the gym. And then that's the only thing we're missing other than laundry. So we'd have to go to the laundromat. But yeah, we could conceivably live here if push comes to shove. Absolutely. I'm suddenly realizing that being very rich and being very poor look a lot alike on the fridges. <laughs> <laughs> rich man, poor man. <laughs> just, well, we are neither. <laughs> you, just, you just sold your, your house of two years for a massive profit, bought 25 acres of land, and talking about showering in public gyms because you don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> Oh, Boy, it, you know, now that you put it that way, I'm feeling a lot more depressed about my lot in life. Well, my work here is done, but we've still got <laughs> 11 minutes left for me to berate you about this. <laughs> so, are you you're gonna is there gonna there's gonna be like a colony of estates here on this farm, then ranging from 15 to 25 acres? You are not gonna truly be alone. These, well, correct. But the uh, the concept of estates is a little bit askew <clears throat> because you have to think of two things. One, uh, this is farmland. And two, there's nobody with a real job wants to live where we're moving. Like we are uh, just from the few, like we've maybe met three of the landowners out there, but they're all retired. They're all in their 60s. Like we bring down the average age. <laughs> so this is where farmers go to retire. Like uh, people have cows, people have horses, like it's farm people that live out there. 
Well, this opens a whole new uh, avenue of discussion. Are you going to become farm people? Is there livestock in your future? Boy, I'm trying, man. So <laughs> I've gotten Mrs. Steve to agree to chickens. Ooh. Uh, chickens are ab just uh, abysmal creatures, but they yes. taste good with barbecue sauce and they lay eggs, which is food. So we'll get some chickens. I would love to have cows. Like our land can easily sustain three or four cows. Miss Steve, not so hip on the cow idea. I think I said this last week where I said, well, you can eat cows. Like Breakwell bought a half a cow. And she said, are you going to slaughter the cow? And I said, no. And she said, are you going to load it into the back of your Acura and take it to the butcher? I said, no. <laughs> Man, I feel like there's definitely going to be some startup costs involved with being a farmer. If you if you raise some grass-fed cows out there, I will absolutely buy half of one of your cows when it goes to market. That sounds delicious. Uh, and I feel like you, you don't know enough about farming to load it up with chemicals or hormones or anything. It's going to be natural just by nature of neglect. So it's probably going to be a pretty healthy cow. <laughs> And we got plenty of grass if we don't get too many cows on there. Like, we can easily sustain three or four. But she, she, I've broken her down a little bit. She is hip to at least looking into getting mini cows. So that might be either a stepping stone or we may get mini cows on the property. I, I don't know what the value is of mini cows. Are they just like a more bite-sized regular cow? Or like, what's the actual function of that other than being a cute smaller cow? I don't think there is a function. I think it's more for like gentlemen farmers who want to say they have cattle. Now, I will add there's a tax break. If you have livestock, your land becomes farmland. And so there are reasons that people might have cattle, albeit mini cattle, on their land just so they can call themselves a working farm. From my perspective, I would rather get full-size cows and uh, either get milk cows or get beef cows. It makes no difference to me. I'm more accustomed to dairy cows, so that would be my preference. But Tennessee doesn't, there's not a big market for dairy cows. There are farms with dairy cows, but almost, uh, almost all of the farm cattle are beef cattle around here. Man, dairy cows, you're, you're upping your work exponentially. So my grandpa was a dairy farmer, and on the other side, they uh, raised no. pigs. But, I mean, you're locking yourself into milking those things twice a day for the rest of your days. If you get beef cattle, I mean, you kind of put them out to pasture, and you just wait till they're ready to, you know, to be eaten. <laughs> I know it's more work than that, but... Derek, my 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 mom and dad they told me like you know going to weddings back in the day, uh, there was always a big gap between the uh, between the actual wedding ceremony and the reception, and the reason <laughs> was. The yeah, they had to go home and they had to milk the cows and feed all the livestock because the livestock doesn't care if somebody's getting married that day. You gotta, you gotta work on the farm still, and uh, you being gone like ninety five percent of the time. I'm just picturing you getting these cows that have to be milked twice a day in perpetuity, and then just leaving and be like, "Okay, Mrs. Steve, take over for these animals that she didn't want in the first place." I can't imagine that's going to be real good for your marriage long term. <laughs> well, I am hoping to never go on the road again. So that is goal numero uno. But if that does happen, I'll have to change my plans, of course. And two, that's why I say if I get three or four, like I don't mind milking three or four cows every day. You can even do that by hand. You don't even need a machine to do that at that point. It's not that big of a deal. But depending on the temperament of your cow, they kick the crap out of you if uh, they get in a mood. But anyway, I don't know. It's uh, nice to have options. 
we got plenty of space. We got a pond that's natural on the property. So just uh, fencing that in would give the cows natural water source. And uh, there's plenty to eat. I'm going to give you an alternate proposal here. So rather than dairy cows, which I think are the worst possible animal to get, rather than beef cows, which are, which are great to eat, but I don't know. They might be a little much. And I'm imagining you will definitely die by cow. Here's my suggestion. <laughs> Goats. Very similar to cows in terms of you can just put them out there. They can graze. They can do a lot of that. But they're much smaller. Like, a goat could hurt you, but I have a hard time believing a goat would actually kill you. And if push comes to so shove, you could fit them in the back of your Acura. Like, getting them to Marcus <laughs> could be substantially easier. Or you could even go with fainting goats, which at any loud noise, like their legs stiffen up and they fall over, which is hilarious. And given your general lack of maturity, you could entertain yourself for literally forever with fainting goats. Yeah, yeah. Well, our neighbor has goats. And uh, wife and I had a long discussion. And you're probably feeling this, too, because you grew up around farmers. Like, I don't understand goats. I don't understand why people get goats. I, I don't get what you do with, like, that doesn't compute with me. It's definitely a possibility, and they eat anything. Like, you can just walk around having your goat eat stuff. But, like, I, you, you can't milk them, or I guess you could. Goat's milk is a thing yes. for all the hipsters out there. But can you eat the goats? Absolutely. Like, uh, do you want to eat the goats? So, really? So you can do goat milk, which, again, I, I wouldn't recommend milking anything. That's going to be a ton of long-term work. But, like, goat cheese <laughs> is, like, a super specialty item. I don't think it's necessarily any better for you than, than cow cheese, but you can charge a lot more. But, yeah, I would get meat goats because then you just ship them off and they get butchered up. And, it, and it's not so much in the United States. In the United States, uh, you know, goat meat isn't a big source of uh, protein or anything for us. But mm -hmm. in Asia, it is. Uh, I know there's a college town not far from here with tons and tons of international faculty and students, and their specialty butcher shop cannot keep goat meat in stock because the place where all these people really? came from, uh, they, they predominantly had goat. And goat is ruminant, a ruminant animal, so just like cows, they uh, you know they chew their cud, they have multi-chambered stomachs, so they can take grain and all that good stuff and filter out the bad stuff, and it's they're the best kind of animal to eat. So I think, uh, and, and, and the biggest perk of all is much like you they're they're just jerks in general and i feel like you would connect <laughs> with them on a deeper level they can they can eat any, anything i mean now we, we were retelling the story this weekend because we went to a zoo and it brought up the story of this petting zoo from my childhood and you know i have so few memories from when i was a kid and this is the one that everybody in my family has because we are at a petting zoo and uh there was this guy we didn't know who was also in there and this goat came up to him and reached into his back pocket with its mouth and pulled out a wad of $20 bills and just made a run for it. He was going to eat all this cash. And the guy chased down the goat, straddled it with his legs, and reached his fingers into its mouth and pulled out this slimy, chewed-up wad of $20 bills. And at this day, I have so many questions from this. Like, why was this guy in the middle of Iowa just walking around with a wad of $20 bills? Who carries money like that in that form? Like, was he, a, he like a Midwestern drug dealer before it was cool? I don't know. And then, like, how hard up was he for money that you reach into a goat's mouth? Like, if it chomps down, like, your emergency room bill is going to cancel out those that, that wad of $20 bills. <laughs> and what did the goat think? Like, there are people there, you know, for a quarter you can get pellets and feed him to him. Like, did the goat think he was going to go buy his own pellets from now on, be an independent animal? I don't know what was going on in any part, but it was very dramatic. And I feel like you need that kind of excitement in your life. 
It's funny, the second point I was going to make is that goats are, not only don't I understand them, but they're inherently evil. So I'm glad you told that story. We have a similar story with my son. My daughter has a peacock story like that. But man, in the petting zoo, son was getting attacked. I remember having to pick him up when he was like two years old and ward off these goats because he had the pellets in his hand. And apparently when they see a defenseless child with pellets, it is game on in Goatville. So yeah, no, I think goats are absolutely evil. Well, that's all the more reason for you to get them. Just think of how much we'll have to talk about in this podcast. We can we can ah. stop thinking of topics every week, and it'll just be uh, what what attacked Steve this week. Oh, it was a goat again, and we can go into your latest injury, and it'll just it'll be a delight for everybody. Well, we're going to have to table that discussion for ongoing weeks because this week is all over with. But we'll see how the story unfolds. We have no idea because we don't have a plan yet. But I'm sure you will be among the first to know, James, when we do get a plan. In fact, at the table tomorrow when we talk to the builder, we might even conference call you in so that you're part of it. But we got to let everyone go back to their lives for the time being. And so until we meet again and we come face to phone with you, Judy P, and anyone else who happens to hack in on what we're doing just between the two of us, this is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve for James, the exploding and infinitely curious Breakwell, saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and always remember, two wrongs can't make a right. <laughs>